Father God, we thank you so much for this morning. Thank you, Father, that you love us so much. And this morning we give you all of our hearts. And we choose to trust you fully with this word today, Lord. That this seed would fall on good soil. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We ask for ministering angels to come and minister deep inside of our hearts. Father, we ask that your name and your name alone would be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Seeing the time. So, um, in preparation, my wife and I are preparing. There were no uh, death threats for the children, uh, and no threats of um, going to buy other properties away from one another, so we did quite well then, darling. So, one, one thing, uh, please sit, relax, uh, and um, have grace for us, because, you know, today we're just going to be chatting around some of the values that uh, we have as a family and then speaking to a couple of the values of, of us as a, a church or a body going forward and there's a lot more qualified people here today that can do this. What I think what qualifies Tananah is that we keep going, we just keep going, we keep pressing in to see the kingdom of God come into our family so the culture of the world doesn't come and start taking away from who we are and whose we are. And really the sense of belonging that we, we try to create in our own family. But there's lots and lots of messes. We are falling forward. And uh, we, we, we want you as well not to go away and think she there's a picture perfect family because it's not. If you had to see the bloopers of our family life this week on screen, you know, that would be a different story. You would actually think, are they actually qualified to be an option? So... <laughs> So as we ask for grace from the Father, we'd love grace to be given to us by you too. We, we want to actually just, we want to sit and we want to do really, tons and I had this idea of actually a dining room table because really that's the heartbeat of family and that's something that we express in our own home. And that's something that we really want us as a family here at Harvest to take hold of because you know, if we've got a church mindset, then it's something we come to. If we've got a kingdom mindset, it's something we belong to and we give ourselves to. And, and I think that the, the culture of the world is so fast-paced that we get, we, we then uh, align ourselves to making sure we just get to church and then we leave in hopes that we might hear from God or someone special might bring the glory of God upon us. But actually... As New Covenant believers, we all have that responsibility together. There's different roles and functions, we understand that. But all of us have equal value in His eyes. And, 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 and for you and I to find confidence in that, to bring our own gifts to the table, that then creates a beautiful heartbeat of family together. And, uh, and how we do, do, do that together. And uh, so just to uh, go over those... Uh, Values again is family, which really is the highest value of all. And within family, you're going to find honor, authenticity, risk taking, generosity, and signs and wonders. And that's something we really want to start to express because those are all kingdom realities. And if we are going after those values, it shapes a culture here that looks so much more like heaven because it's about the kingdom. You know, if it's purely just about church, then we can control and we can do things around programs. But if it's around the kingdom, then it's the heartbeat of the Father. We're setting our sails to where the Spirit of God wants to blow us 
in certain times and moments. And um, to emphasize, if we get something out of today, is to realize that we have to ask the Father, because only He can do that, to shift us from a church mindset to a kingdom mindset. Because then we fully understand what the vehicle of the church, or the family, or the body of Christ is there for. It's actually for us to come and learn together, to celebrate together, but actually for you and I to be equipped to go into the world to do it differently in your homes and all of those things. So, George said this last week, family, it's going to be one of the things that shapes our culture. We want to represent the Father's heart of family and for family that people will feel that they can belong. Find a safe place, experience grace, freedom, love, a family that celebrates one another, not only tolerates one another, where we can mourn with one another, cry and laugh, and hold each other accountable in love because we love each other. And really, it's for you and I to find a sense of belonging with one another. And if we're truly going to find a sense of belonging with one another, which equals intimacy, we're going to need humility to be vulnerable with one another. And what does it look like to bring some of our garbage onto the table in a safe place for the ultimate goal of being free? There's so many things that are hidden. So many things that are hidden. And with that, nothing hidden ministries. Should we do the video? Can we do that video, Anybody? All over the world, couples are crying out for help. It was through a dream I had that heaven answered this cry. After working as a marriage and family therapist for over 30 years, I can truly say that God is releasing a supernatural strategy to heal, strengthen, and restore couples through this ministry, Love After Marriage. I actually got to the place where I said, you know, I'm not gonna do marriage anymore. I didn't know how to make an emotional connection. When we heard about Lamb, our marriage was strong enough that I was actually kind of excited about that. You know, I mean, things were really good. There is so much more available than good. No matter what you've been through, regardless of your history, whether you've been married 40 years or four months, God wants you and your spouse living in oneness, spiritually, emotionally, and sexually. And it's truly like linking arms and coming together instead of going against each other and fighting each other. You will be placed in a small group where couples share things they've never shared before. They say things like, I've never felt so loved and accepted. God's just waiting for you to say yes. He wants to give you a one flesh marriage. Living with intimacy, passion, and enjoyment. Overcoming every obstacle together and letting the world see Jesus through your love. It is possible. You can have love after marriage. about love after marriage. Rich and I had the privilege of doing it for 36 weeks when we, when we were in the States. 36 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and it was completely glorious. And so we are very excited to be hosting Love After Marriage at Harvest, um, starting on the 29th of July. 
and it is 18 weeks, so it'll go for about eight Tuesday nights and then a Friday and two, over two Saturdays. So we really want to encourage you or if you know of any couples that would like to be part of this, really, really excited about it. And it's usually the men that go, I'm not going to that until they hear that there's an intimacy challenge near the end. It's near the end though. So there's an intimacy challenge near the end, which uh, you really don't want to miss, but ultimately it's an amazing, amazing, amazing time. We tons and uh, 36 weeks, and we just learned so many tools of how to walk this journey together with families. So, uh, and, uh, we really, really do encourage you, and you can lamb at Harvest Church. Let's see how that's Let's just get back to culture. And George's couple of emphasis is on what he did share last week, but the, the Latin word for culture means to guard. It means to put a hedge around something, to cultivate. It's actually an ecosystem. We create an ecosystem within our homes and within our own hearts that allow things to grow healthily and to produce fruit. And um, it, it also means to guard, where we guard against religion, we guard against control, we guard against manipulation, we guard against legalism and compromise. And it's where the seeds of the kingdom can grow, multiply, and be fruitful. And if we don't have a culture, the culture will determine itself here in our midst based around the world system. And we don't want that. We, we want healthy, strong kingdom families and family that reflect heaven. Listen to a couple of these quotes. A strong, effective church is made up of people unified around a strong set of values. We need healthy, God-honoring culture in our churches. If you want a different kind of culture, you've got to change your values. Our actions determine what you value. There's often a big difference between what you claim to value and how you behave. This can't be lip service. Our actions speak louder than our words. If your values don't move you, they're not going to move anybody around you. And if you want what you've always had, then you should do what you've always done. But if you want what you've never had, we need a change. We need a change. And what does family need? My family, our family, it needs grace, needs mercy, it needs forgiveness, it needs peace, it needs honor, healthy confrontation, accountability, leadership, heart-to-heart -heart connection, needs time. You need to be present, real, vulnerable, humble, risk-taking with our heart and action, sacrifice, responsibility, boundaries, love, serving. There's so many things that a family needs that's going to represent heaven. So Tans, why don't you tell us about our family? Um, I, I really love that we get to speak on family this morning because it is something that is so real and so true to my heart. Um, whether it be our natural blood family or our spiritual family. Um, because it was always the heart of the Father to create family and to center everything around the family. He placed Adam and Eve in the garden and said, be fruitful and multiply. So I just want to say thank you so much to Harvest Church for receiving our family so amazingly that it just felt like we were always part of this family. There was a season for two months when we were still living um, on the village at Love, and we, were, we left home at half past six in the morning and only got home at half past six at night. So we felt harvest physically as a family. We'd come and fall asleep on the couch and it really, truly did feel like family. So we just want to say thank you so much. And as I spoke about a healthy family, it is a, disease, a deep desire of our heart. And that's why I appreciate what Bill Johnson says about family. 
He says, my primary study is how to have a healthy family. I would practice just taking care of my inner world, my own appetites and my own values. I would work on me coming to a place of strength and maturity because I can't give to the church what isn't happening in my family and I can't give to my family what isn't happening in my heart. So it starts in my heart. I have to have personal transformation and it starts by me becoming the servant. Um, I'm also so grateful for the privilege of having an amazing natural family and a spiritual family. Some people have really been hurt by the church and so have trust issues with people and with God. And so our heart is that you would choose to trust Him and to really get knitted into whether it's this family or another spiritual family. The other people that have found church easier to find a place of belonging rather than their natural family, even Jesus had this. I love the scripture that has always stood out to me in John 19, <coughs> verse 25 to 27. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her to his own home. This is a beautiful picture of Jesus showing us what spiritual family looks like. Immediately John became Mary's son and Mary became John's mother. It was the most natural thing. It is through this scripture that I see how important spiritual family is to the Father. From that moment, John, his beloved disciple, rather than his own physical brothers, took Mary into his own home. And from a natural viewpoint, this scripture is so powerful. In Matthew 13, verse 55 to 58. Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brother James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? These were people that knew Jesus from a young age, and they locked him into the person they knew growing up, focusing only on his past by saying, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? They didn't see him with spiritual eyes, who he truly was, the son of God. We are all sons and daughters of God. So let's focus on one another's future and what heaven sees instead of who we were, the carpenter's son, rather than the son of God. Being baptized into the body of Christ, we are made new creations. And that's the heart of the Father is for us as a spiritual family to call out the gold in one another and to see one another as heaven sees. And, and it's such a, a key for you and I in finding the Father's heart, understanding who we were and who we are now, understanding the reality of the transformation that has taken place. Then people that walk in that door, that come from a place of being rejected by their family, maybe being hurt from other churches, how are they going to be received here? And that's a question all of us need to ask, because a lot of our own personal preferences may not be kingdom. 
So some of those personal preferences we have to ask God to come into our heart. And like Paul Johnson says, I need a personal transformation in my heart because I can't give my family what I don't have and I can't give the church family what my own family doesn't have. So you and I, when it comes to different languages, when it comes to different colors, when it comes to different people groups, what does that look like? Because we've been born into one family. So that's going to have to stretch us because what, is, what does it look like in heaven? What, is, what, do, what do you and I have to do to posture our own hearts for someone to come in and find a sense of belonging in my sphere? What does that look like? What does that look like when your personal space around language, around all of these things, what does that look like as you as a kingdom believer? You see, we can come to church and we can go away every morning, not even greeting the people next to us. We're not connected, we're not joined in. We come to and we don't belong to. If we belong to, therefore, our hearts need to be opened a lot more to who's sitting next to us, their, their life, their family, our homes. You, the culture of this world is so fast-paced. You know, it's a microwave generation. Instead of it, you and I should still get into that place where we want to marinate with one another. It's so fast-paced. What does it look like for us to represent the kingdom? What does it look like for us to sit across the table with someone and finding out actually who they really are because they've chosen also to be a part of this family? So that's the challenge we look forward to as a group of people going forward. Um, in Matthew 12, verse 46 to 15, while he was still talking to the multitudes, behold, his mother and brother stood outside seeking to speak with him. Then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, Who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Whoever is about the Father's business. See, sometimes it's easier to relate to family here based around common values than it is around your natural family who want to lock you into your past. We remember we've traveled for a while and um, when you leave people and you come back many years later, their frame of reference is when you left, not what God has done in your process. There's many people that uh, you might not be living with your family uh, you've been away, they might be overseas, you might be here. You go through a whole bunch of transformation, but when you go back into your home, they view you the same and treat you the same. And um, instead of actually viewing you for who you are, but they can't because they haven't been on the same journey as you. And um, why it's easier in this place is because in the kingdom, is because we're about the Father's business. So who are, who... Who is closer? Why, why would John say to a, uh, why would Jesus say to a spiritual son, take my mom, instead of a natural son, take mom? Because actually, he knew that Mary would be better care based around whose head John's placed on Jesus' chest. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's, he got more of Jesus, and mom would have been better taken care of than even with natural brothers and sisters. It's quite a dynamic, so you and I together understanding what the family dynamic looks like, is we, you and I have to really understand and know what heaven looks like. 
and what the culture of heaven looks like and what the Trinity looks like and how they coexist with one another, co-equal with one another, but function in different roles and different responsibilities. And that's what happens in a household. I want to share a scripture in 1 Corinthians 4, 15 to 17. And this is to challenge and, and, and maybe spur some of an older generation who are coming to church, but maybe there's more of a responsibility in the latter years of our lives. And Paul said this. I don't think I put it up. He said this 1 Corinthians 4.15. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Therefore I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I have sent you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. If we come into church to get instruction and then leave, that's one thing. And Paul says that there's many instructors and guardians in the Lord, but few fathers. You see, fathers want people to come into their life and allow the, their life to be imparted into the sons and daughters. Uh, I love what Tony Fitzgerald said, a, a wonderful perspective. It's like Jesus on the cross and says, it's finished. And uh, the perspective that Tony brought is like, I finished with the 12. I finished raising 12 sons. And now they're ready to take on the world. Yes, he finished the atonement. Yes, he finished all of that. But at the same time, he finished what it looked like for 12 men to take the kingdom of heaven into the face of the earth. You and I have to posture ourselves as mothers and fathers. The Bible is very clear. It's, it speaks of... <coughs> In Romans 8, don't put that verse up yet. But it's the sons of God that are going to influence the world. But sons and daughters need moms and dads. And Paul's very clear. It's just, I, I've seen this so often in different church cultures. Where someone who's not a father, they might call themselves a father, but they are not a true spiritual father. They instruct you. So if what you are doing under the instruction, if you're not doing what they instruct... Then the, people, the instructor takes it personally and distances himself from you until you do that thing right again. A father is unafraid of mess. Yeah. Unafraid of mess. What does it look like when mess walks through the door? How are we going to posture ourselves? Are we going to posture ourselves, or men and women, mothers and fathers, are we going to posture the house and say, go out, go away? Come back when you clean, or we're going to help clean people up. Because that's what the body of Christ looks like. It's not a supposed to be squeaky clean, the church. It's supposed to be messy. Because people are on a journey. And you see, friends, that's why legalism has never worked. It's never ever set anyone free. But men and women posturing their, their hearts before the Father, that's when people's lives get changed and transformed because you are then approachable are we approachable or do we want people to be right and do right or can people come and find a safe place can people come and find a sense of belonging before they find a belief system because out of their beliefs they will behave differently but can they actually come into this house and take years before they give their life to Jesus 
because of the trauma that we've had to outwork and then just be loved and gaining trust. Can we have that capacity as a group of people? Can we represent heaven before telling people what to do? Can people find a sense of belonging? And that's what Paul says, you've got not many fathers. And then that's why he says to, says to Timothy, because you're going to receive Timothy, my son and my love, who represents me well. And he'll teach you about my way of life. Imitate me. Can the youngsters, can this generation that's coming through, can they imitate us? Can they imitate you? Can they imitate our family values? Can they imitate the kingdom that we are reflecting? And those are the questions we need to ask. Um, while we lived in the States for two years, one of the things that ministered to me the most was the people that I came across. And they'd say, if it wasn't for my spiritual mother or my spiritual father, I'd never be where I am today. And it really made me think about how I feel South Africa, the nation, really lacks that thing of spiritual moms and spiritual dads. And, I mean, there are probably many people that are spiritual mothers and fathers, but my heart's desire is that we open wide our hearts and say, Father, we may have had an absent father, we may have had an authoritative father, we may have had an abusive father, or some of us may have had good fathers, but through that fathering, there may, may be some healing that needs to take place, but that doesn't mean we could be amazing spiritual moms and dads, as the Heavenly Father fills us with what it looks like to be a mom and dad and to love those around us. And I also pray that Harvest would be a family that truly sets the lonely into families. In Psalm 68, verse 6, it says, A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. It is our deepest desire that no one comes to church and leaves lonely. We ask that you would come up for ministry, make yourselves known, be part of, so that you are known before you leave and go home. And... Yeah, I just read the other day that three of the basic human needs are identity, acceptance, and belonging. And so everyone is born with this desire to need to belong somewhere. And, and what we're doing at Harvest is currently, you see, we've got like Monday, Monday night something's happening, Tuesday night something's happening, Wednesday night something's happening, because if we, have a, if we want a culture shift, we have to make some changes with some of the values and we, we really want to go hard after some of our values and we're really responding to the prophetic words over the church, we want to respond to the prophetic words of over George and Leanne of what is promised over them and over their leadership as mother and father of the house and we're responding, we're responding in the week, we're working really, really hard for some of you that think uh, pastors drink coffee all week and then work one day a week. It's, really, it's not like that, promise. Promise, we do. We work incredibly hard in the week. Uh, number one, we want our Sundays to shift and change and represent heaven in its expression. But more than that, we want to shape a culture that people can come find a sense of belonging in and that can be activated in kingdom realities. And um, so, you know, we're going to be working with leaders. We're going to be working towards healthy life groups, men's groups, women's groups, marriage, parenting, youth, kids, hospitality, 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 Tuesday, hospitality, Tuesday, hospitality team, Tuesday, hospitality team. 
that's all you're going to remember. What's happening on our Sundays and on our staff currently, we want to we want that outworked in every part of the life of the church and those who call Harvest home. And uh, you know, Paul, when 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 he got together in Acts 19, he was preaching with a whole bunch of group, a bunch of guys, and for three months they weren't receiving what he was saying, and then he went into the hall of Tyrannus, and he taught for two years, the Bible says, he says the whole of that area, that region of Asia Minor and Asia got reached within two years because he raised sons. Father, two sons, sons went and transformed the world. Renee Brown says this, integrity is choosing courage over comfort. It's choosing what is right over what is fast or easy. It's choosing to practice your values rather than simply professing them. And that's what we want to do. We want to act upon our words. Our values. It's not just because we think it's a good thing to do. It's something that God has spoken to us about and is launching us into for the, for the future at the end of the year in 2018. It's a personal family. Sorry, I'm waffling. We just wanted to share a little bit of what happens in our personal family. So our days are full with school and extramurals and the one core value we have is to sit around a dining room table every night. And we do this amazing thing where each child gets to share their highlight of the day, their low light, and then how they showed kindness. And it is so much fun just to hear all their different processing and how they showed kindness. And so we really cultivate this because we really believe in a heart-to-heart -heart connection with our children. And so we sit around the table and ask them what they love about the values um, that are in our family and Gemma said she loves the honesty and that we don't keep secrets from one another um, Gabriel was busy preparing a whole thing for Mother's Day and the teacher said it's a secret don't tell your mom and so it was very hard for him so he kept saying mom it's a it's not a secret it's a it's a surprise you know because he just didn't want to keep the secret from me um, Chloe loves the value of unity, sharing, and kindness. Joshua said, all for one and one for all. <laughs> Gabriel, adventure, risk-taking, and affection, and words of affirmation. And Benjamin said, family holidays. It doesn't matter what we do, it must just be fun. So as a four-year-old, his value is having fun. So in our family culture, we create moments to have lots and lots of fun. But believe me, we definitely have our moments as well. Yes, and another value we're trying to instill is don't interrupt when somebody else is speaking. But, you know, it's a whole lot of fun around our table. But, you know, devotions, getting the Word of God in, making sure that we're keeping in touch with our children based around our values of where we're going. We don't want our kids to have the PK syndrome. You know what the PK syndrome is? The pastor's kids. So many pastors' kids aren't serving God. Why? You know, they've spent more time on the body and trying to be successful in the body. And, and what is success? Is, is success bottoms on seats or is success being obedient to what He's called you to do? So, um, we, we've also worked really hard at marriage. Okay? I, I say to people, Tanz and I are oil and water. The only time it works is when there's heat. 
So it's 36 weeks of land communication. And you know what? You can ask our children how we are at home. It's loud, it's messy at times, it's wonderful, but we do know how to fix our messes. You know, even if we have to help the kids get in a, a get-along shirt, you know, that helps sometimes. Two kids in one shirt, if they're not getting on, we help them get along. But, you know, times are now, we really want to work hard on our marriage. And because, you know, at the end of the day, our kids know really what the deep-seated core values are in our, in our family. And, you know, under pressure, things pop out. And, and, and so working towards getting rid of self-centeredness and all of the things that the, the Bible says that uh, as new creations we no longer have, but we still have them within our memory and, and the way we do life. So it's an outworking and it's a process of how this thing works. And, uh, and one thing tons of our won't, won't um, uh, what, what's the word? We, we want to remain incredibly real and authentic and truthful and, and, and God-honoring at the same time and really real within our, in our message. So, so then no one can have expectations of perfection within, uh, uh, towards us as a family. And um, we've got the... When was it? Uh, one time we went to a shopping center and we're having a little disagreement in the shopping center. Anyone have said that? The shopping center. But we walk past the groceries and there's Lay's chips and it says light and crispy. So Tanz and I were like, whenever we, one of us is going grumpy, we just go like, light and crispy. Light and crispy. Just light and crispy, Lay's chips. We might even buy a packet of Lay's chips just to eat it, to actually get the value back of what this looks like for a family. Yeah, we, just, we just love um, real, authentic, raw, um, and just to keep encouraging all of us to take masks off and just to say, like, I'm having a hard day, please pray. Not to have, yeah, just to be real and raw, and sometimes it looks ugly, but that's life. And we want to be telling Jesus the same thing that we're telling each other when we meet with one another. You know, this is how I'm feeling, this is where I'm at, please pray. So that's, that's something that's really important to us. So with that, it takes humility to be vulnerable, which is going to lead towards intimacy. So what does it look like for a church family? And you know, friends, this is not exhaustive on, the, on, on family teaching. There's books, there's thousands of books, there's so many courses on family. But really, it's just, where do we want to go according to the values that we have, and that we've decided we want to really go hard, hard after, and harvest, because that's going to shape the culture of, of, of just really creating an ecosystem where the seeds of truth are planted, something can grow well. And uh, I want to read Romans 12, from verses 3. I don't know if I put it out there, we do it. Okay. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us as one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So we, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. 
If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual purpose. Serve the Lord, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. On Tuesday night, practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people with low position. Do not be conceited. Do not pay, repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I just wanted to share this morning. I felt too, that God wanted to do two things. I really felt his heart for for the prodigal sons and daughters to return. And so if any of you have children that you would love to come back to the Lord or are going through a hard time, um, that's why we put this box over here with paper and pens for you to have a moment to come and just write their names on a piece of paper or if you know friends or family with sons and daughters to come and put their names in this box because we want to partner with you and trust God for them to come home. And so when you have a moment to come and do that or when you come up and have communion. And then the second thing we wanted to do was just show you a video clip. Perhaps many of you have seen this clip before. But we just felt that God wanted to really just release people from pain. Um, I watched a part of a movie where the man said to God, why do you always bring me to this place? Why do you bring me to this place that is the source for me? And God replied and said, because this is a place you get stuck every time and you can't move forward. And so I felt this morning that God wanted to literally take the spirit of pain out of your heart. If any of you have experienced any pain, whether it's a divorce or the death of a loved one, um, or a deep heart's desire to be married or to have children, there's a moment um, yeah, for bad father or mother figures, just in that moment of pain. So you'll see the clip, and, and then you'll see truly the heart of the father coming into that moment of pain and helping the son finish the race. And so there'll be ministry time after the video clip if you'd like to come forward for us to pray for you. But I saw an amazing picture of the father reaching out, putting his hand into your heart, and removing that pain because he wants us to walk in freedom and, and he, he wants to show us that he's a good father and that he loves us so much.
you can see the, the beautiful heart of the father in that moment, just coming and rescuing his son and helping him to finish the race. So I just felt if there was anyone that would like to come up, just for us to pray for you and for the father just to touch your heart and to love you. Somewhere there was pain. And we need the body, we need the Father to help us finish our race. And Father, I, I speak to that pain right now. And the picture that Tan had that you're reaching down and you're removing pain out of people's hearts. Let that be now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that the deepest part of our pain that you know how to go into. Thank you that people, sons and daughters today, can trust you with their pain. And they can finish their journey. Because who they are needs to be a part of this journey. The gifts, their wisdom, their talents, their heart, the call of God upon their life. Wherever they got jammed, I thank you that you're coming down. You're putting your arm around them. You're saying, we're going to finish this race. And the body of Christ around in the stands, in the great cloud of witnesses, we want each and every one of you to finish the race. There's no giving up. It's going to take courage to trust again. And Father, I thank you for your presence, your heart, your gentleness with strong arms you embrace your sons and daughters as they entrust you with their pain today. Father, I thank you for the value of family that's going to shape this culture and shape our culture. And people from the world can come in and know that they found a place to belong. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.